You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story is that of a young man who grew up in a rugby-loving town and went on to play the game he loved through the amateur, semi-pro and professional ranks. Alongside the rugby, he's building an empire in the fitness world with his partner and helping change people's lives daily. A playing career that had spells with Holton Farm of Hornets, St Helens, Rochdale Hornets, Barrow Raiders, North Wales Crusaders, Jewsby Rams and Withers Vikings, while playing internationally through the age grades. Ladies and gents, Mr Dom Speakman. Follow, like, share, subscribe and endorse us via Facebook, Trot the Eggin, Twitter, at Trot the Eggin, slash at John Heath, Instagram, Trot underscore D underscore Egg underscore In, YouTube, Trot the Eggin, LinkedIn, John Hetherington, and Spotify, Trot the Eggin. So, Dom, how have you been, mate, OK? Yeah, not bad, mate, busy at the moment. Yeah, right, so... We'll touch on that after, hopefully, mate, and, and how well you're both doing and that. But before we get stuck into your rugby story, Dom, where was home for you and, and who lived with you as a kid? Um, to be honest, mate, I went to school in Witness. Um, yeah. I, lived, I lived in Warrington. Um, my dad's from Warrington, so um, we, we moved up there when we were younger. and We used to travel into Witness every day, so I actually support Warrington, believe it or not, or yeah. Warrington. <laughs> Is that well known, Dom? Um it was through probably when I was a little bit younger. Um, I don't really support anyone now, so not as much. Obviously, playing, it's kind of been you support whoever you're playing for. So when I was at Saints, Saints to do well. When I've been at Dewsbury, I've been focused at like Dewsbury results. I've not really been had time to go and watch, say, Warrington and stuff, really. So just like a good game on the telly, really. Fair enough, mate. So how was rugby introduced to you and, and who was it and where was it at? Um, I'm not really. I'm not honestly too sure to be honest. Um, obviously, my uncle used to play a little bit. Me, my dad liked Warrington, so I sort of just started playing when I was young, really. And then started playing when I was like four, but I played a year up um, at the Hornets, the year above me. So, sort of just had to learn quite quick, really. So was that school and rugby you were playing out of town for you then, mate? Wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. you you. you you had to play for the um, the, the town you lived in. Um, so I just used to stick my nan's address down so I could play, play in witness with the lads. All oh, right, OK. Because I know as I'm a little bit older than you, mate, so I know as we got older, a few lads I know done that sort of thing. So Todd Wood, you, uh, yeah. Chris Eden, people like that. I know Dick all done it at Warrington to play for Saints. So it's a bit of a mad one, isn't it? Just yeah, to be able to play where you want to play sort of thing. So what school did you go then, mate? Um, so I started at Ditton Prime and then went to Wade Eakin then. All right. So did you play any town team stuff, Dom? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I played the year above. Yeah. I um, I managed to get in a year early. So I'd, I'd done town team twice, to be honest. Apparently, yeah. apparently I was the first person to wear white boots for the town team. Um, it was a verity, mate. And I hope they were clean as well, Roger, and Dave for that one. We only had a couple of games left and my black ones had ripped the week before and Roger, he wasn't happy about it. But <laughs> they were white, yeah. Oh, class. So, do you remember much about the process of selection, Dom, and, and how you felt doing it, mate? Um, do you know, that that was the first proper trials I'd ever sort of done, obviously. When we was a little bit younger than that, it was kind of just she was in the team and then 
I wouldn't say nervous, but it was a bit of a weird concept turning up and there was hundreds of kids from your age all having like little mini games, you know, to see who got in. And it's probably yeah. the first thing you ever think, do you reckon I'll get in this? Because obviously... And, and you felt like that as well. Yeah, especially the first year when obviously everyone was a little bit older than me. Um, probably edged me back a little bit and knew I was going to be in the next year because I'd already been in, you know, previously. But the, especially the first year, maybe, yeah. Yeah. And positional-wise, mate, was you always in the pivot positions? No. So, growing up, I played um, played sta- played standoff and loose forward, mostly. Mostly at loose forward. Yeah. Um, and then this play- when we was at Saints, played a little bit of standoff through the academy. Um, playing hooker just come a little bit later, really. Forgot to grow. <laughs> so, do you know when you're flicking between 6 and 13, even yep. as a kid? Because as you get older, you you understand the game a bit more, won't you, mate? What was the difference that you found, or did you find it any different? Was rugby just rugby to you? Um, rugby was just rugby, really. Um, I preferred get. I obviously preferred getting my hands on the ball quite a lot. So uh, when I was younger, preferred to play thirteen, but it'd sort of depend who who we had in the side at what position. Like when we was playing at school, I sort of had to play standoff, and if we played at the Hornets, I got to play loose forward a little bit more. Um, we had a good side at the Hornet, so there was pretty there was good people in at each position, really. Right. And what was the role of the thirteen at, at your your age coming through? Because the role would have been different for me, because the games yeah. changed between our years, haven't it? And when when I was coming through, it was a little bit more the sort of Kevin Sinfield role. So you mm. you, like, you still could get your hands on the ball a lot. You could still kick. Not long after that, it sort of did go to like an extra prop really or an extra middle and then obviously on it's on the way back now isn't it like a bit more yeah. especially with that six again rule so it's probably a little not as quite what it's like now but a little bit more so yeah so how was your transition into high school was it do you find it it would probably easier because of the rugby oh definitely mate so yeah. I, I only went to high school with a couple of lads from primary school but obviously we're playing in the town team and the service here and whatnot it was yeah. easy you join the rugby team and you're straight in then, aren't you? You know all the lads from day one. and yeah. Probably spend more time with them because we used to get like Wednesdays off school and we'd go and play in like the National Cup and have a bus journey down and stuff. So it was a good laugh, really. Yeah. And how did you find the standard from school rugby to club rugby? So our, our club rugby at the Hornets, when I went back up and eight, when I went back to my age group, it was it was really good. We had like Mark Percival, Obviously, he's won everything pretty much he can. Yeah. We had Gilly, um, Tom Gilmore. We had Jack Owens. Um, we had the likes of Lewis Hume, who've gone on to play in, like, for Wales and in the Championship. Um, yeah. Lewis, Lewis Whitty, who played for England all the way through Academy. And the likes of Alex Clare, who signed full-time at Saints, but they had to re- he had to retire because he had a couple of shoulder injuries. So we had a really, really good team at the Hornets. We won the National Cup when we were 14 and we was always then, you know, like there or thereabouts. Yeah. But then when we played at school, it was an even split. So it was like half of us sort of went to the to Way Deak and half went to P&P. So that would have been a decent game then, that wasn't it? Yeah. Little rival, to be honest, mate, yeah. Yeah. So having, just look, because I know a few of them lads, mate, so look in there, you've got, you're serving your full, but you've managed probably, like, Yammer would have played Ucker, wouldn't he? So no, your spine's y- solid, y- isn't it? Yammer and Gilly played um, six and seven, and I played oh, three. Right. Um, so it's Steve, a good spine, mate. Yeah, Steve Ball played nine. And obviously, yeah. Steve Ball went all the way up to play in reserves. Yeah. And it's mad, really, because 
Steve can do can do both. He's not scared of the rough carries, is he? Yeah, he and he can that. distribute, can he, mate? So it's yeah, well, it is a good side, really. So when when you're in them tournaments, then are you, are you sort of because we all grow up to know saying to God, we're gonna go one and some are all right, my age probably better at your age. We'll we use the team that people looked at as the yeah. danger team. So we, we like John Bateman was my age and we we played against Bradford once and obviously John Bateman was as big as he is now as a yeah. 14-year-old kid. And after, not long after we played against Bradford, we rocked up at like England Academy and he was like we got there and you were all small and we thought, oh, we'll batter these today. And we, we turned them over and it was sort of like from then everyone thought, oh, these are decent to be fair. Yeah. Good, mate. So you've just touched on that. So let's reverse it a little bit. So you've gone service earlier, which for people, watchers and listeners, town team changes terminology, doesn't it, mate? And yeah, it yeah. turns into service earlier. So was service earlier every year or every two for you, Dom? Um, it was every year for us. Um, yeah. I think, we done we done town team till what eleven, and then I, I think I done two years of service area. Then um, we had Paul Hume, Dave Hume coaching one year, and then the next year we had Neil Burke and Gaz. Right. So what comes after that for you? Are you, are you asked to go regional? Are you asked to? Um, so yeah, when when you're at your service area, they kind of come and they send the scouts down, and then you go to sort of regional camp, um, and then if, obviously. If you do well at regional camp, we went and played for Lancashire and we played against Yorkshire and like a Cumbria side. So if you do that, if you do well there, you sort of get picked for national camp um, yeah. off the back of that. Um, what were you like in the new environment outside that I want your half now? I, 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 I didn't really mind, to be honest, mate. It was like a, right. it was a, it was in the, like the middle of the summer holidays. It was a, it was a decent week. Um, at, when we was at scholarship at Witness, um, after John Four and a guy took all the calls, guy took over called Stu Wilkinson, um, and he was he was coach for um, our red side at regional camp, so right. he was it was like pretty familiar, good few of my mates and stuff. Um, I ended up getting top gun at national camp that year, so at regional camp that year, so I was didn't, didn't do too bad. Yeah, and is that again at thirteen, mate? Yeah. That would have been 13, 14, mate, yeah. Yeah, right. So where does that leave a lad at that age? Is it, do you keep concentrating at school and do a bit of both? Are you solely on the rugby at this point? Um, no, to be honest, mate, um, I didn't mind high school. So high school, school, they sort of just went hand in hand. I didn't mind. It was more towards when I went to college that I sort of lost a bit of love for the education, really. <laughs> yeah. It's just, we just boxed it, don't we? And, and all yeah. the rest falls in, mate. So, does national camp come along with that big title? And does that put a marker on you? Do you reckon? Yeah. So, um, it, I, obviously, I was playing playing thirteen at the time. Um, obviously, John Bateman was in the squad. He played thirteen as well. We had Stevie Ward as well, who played. Yeah. He was my age, so it was it was a tough it was a tough gig. So, I did end up playing nine for England at under 15s under 16s before I'd even played nine later on in my career just as a it was obviously a tough tough team to crack so it was kind of just getting in where I could yeah and how do you see the game different from 6, 13 or 9 at that age Dom are you seeing it different yet? Um, probably not no it wasn't until I got a little bit older um, and when when I went full time at Saints Nathan Brown sort of like 
he stripped the game back and we done like big long video sessions but they were all like you learned a lot and then sort of whatever position you played in then you, you you looked for what your other position was doing so if you ever had to transition in a game and stuff you're seeing things differently when I was a little bit younger I sort of just off the cuff and whatever I fancy at the time but then as you get older you can start playing like a couple of plays ahead then yeah and is there ever a time when you know noticed that you are seeing things a couple of phases ahead or is it just happening and it's just all in your stride? Just when I was younger, just all in my stride. And then probably, probably when I wasn't quick enough. As you have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to At least you had pace to start yeah. with. You have to start playing <laughs> a couple of plays ahead, mate. Yeah. So all this is happening. You touched on scholarship. So what's what's the chat around scholarship, mate? Did he bring your mum and dad in? Did he? Are you um, in the middle of the weekly news and you don't even see it because you don't live here yet and that? So yeah, after service early, sort of took us into took us into scholarship, and I think something that like um, fifteen fifteen of the lads from the Hornets ended up signing um, at the scholarship, and everyone done pretty well. So it kind of just felt like normal, really. And we used to go and train in PMP Tennis Academy a couple of times a week and pick up on that. And it, it was good to be fair, mate. Um, yeah. But that was that was say like when I was like 13, 14, So we used to spend a couple of nights a week up there. And you do, you, you, you learn fast because you're playing, obviously, with good players and you've got good coaches in the system, so it does help. Yeah, you never still are. You're so imagining... So if you if your dad was out like my mum, you went sprint training at Sutton on the Monday or something like that after town team. And it's, it's you, one of them, isn't it? Like, you can afford to eat what you want, can't you? Because you, we was playing at the school, we was playing at service area. Then you, you could. Just, I couldn't, mate. <laughs> then, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So you're probably Monday, but, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday... Twice sometimes on a Saturday if you're playing yeah, for yeah. school on a Sunday. It's like you're not you're non-stop. Eyes. What were you like with injuries as a kid, mate? Pretty lucky to be honest, mate. I've only ever had what one really big injury when I was like nine, broke my ankle and leg, but nothing lasting or just probably frustrating being out as a young kid. Um, yeah. broke my form and stuff like a little bit later on in my career, but nothing touch would have never done any sort of like ACLs or big shoulder injuries or anything Majors, like that. yeah. So, should we talk a little bit about the dark side or kick and clap, as people call it? I play both, mate. Was it any ever an option through high school uh, for you? Did you do a little I, bit? I had a little dabble in high school. Um, and we we done all right, to be honest. None of us really understood the rules. Yeah. But because we was pretty good with the ball, we used to do well and we'd go and play against your, your posh schools, like your Lancaster Grammars and your... Your Manchester's like schools that were that were private, really. Um, mm. And we used we used to beat them, and they didn't really they didn't like it to be honest. Um, yeah. And I got I got a couple of sniffs, um, I, but I was I was only really focused on the rugby. Um, one guy got in touch from um, Leicester Tigers when I was probably like 15, 16, but I was just solely focused on playing league at the time, and that was what I enjoyed. So it wasn't anything to pursue really for me yeah but what is it is it just a matter of having a listen never saying never sort of thing but not really being keen no to be honest mate I probably no (laughs) no that's fair enough mate so what were your options leaving school then mate Um, so my my mum was adamant that I went to college so I went to um, I went to Carmel um, but when when we was just 
probably just leaving school and um, going to college. No, just leaving school. We went, we done like a three week tour of Australia with St. Helens. Um, right. And then once we got back, um, a couple of us signed first team. So there was me, Adam Swift, Mark Percival, and a lad called Danny Yates up from, he's up from Oldham. Um, and then it was kind of then, it was, I had the choice of, if I could go and train that day, and you've obviously got your likes of your James Robies, your Paul Wellens, your John Wilkins who are training, or you can go and sit and do maths, and you think there's only one real winner, winner here. So <laughs> I used to have, I used to have to tell Saints I had a free day and tell my mum that oh I had a free day, and then I go to training, and then you you fall that far behind, and you think oh they'll just carry on going to training. Yeah. No, that's fair. And where was that at Calway that? I went to Carmel, so not too far, yeah. Yeah, but was training at the Cowley campus down, yeah. Cowley, mate, yeah. Right. And what were the facilities like there, dude? Yeah, good, mate. So we had like a, we had a pitch we used um, that was like an all-weather, so we pretty much you were you were training rain, snow, sunshine, because we had the, the, like a normal grass pitch and then yeah. a, a gym facility as well. And then we used to have a little wrestling hall around the corner that we used to use. But which felt probably like ten times a week when you look at the fellas we used to wrestle against. Yeah. So when you're signing for Saints, is the interest anywhere else? And and what happens in them initial talks? Is it just a given that you were going to go there? Did you actually see what was out there first? Well, I, I left. I left Witness at fourteen. The first time they went into a like administ- administration, um, yeah. just because obviously this. All, all the money fell out. It was a bit uncertain what was going to happen. Um, I'd spoke to a couple of clubs like Saints and Warrington and stuff. And I was I was on the fence, really, obviously. As a young lad, I supported Warrington. Um, but I just thought, like, the sort of Saints production line was a little bit too much to turn down. Um, like, obviously, players a little bit older than me, you sort of, like, your Johnny Lomaxes, your Tommy Max, your Gary Wheelers and stuff. Like, they'd all been there and done it a couple of years older. So, yeah. from, like, from the outside looking in, when you think back, there's not that many people who've come throughout Warrington that have gone on to make it and probably just like an educated guess, really. It's not a bad point, though, is it? That's probably something that Warrington have or will work at, won't it? Because yeah. that avenue, if you're thinking that, Tom, surely there's other kids in that bar, even like like yourself or Walker, lad, that if, if, that, if half of that avenue was open, You'd, you'd seriously look at it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And but but you're right, aren't you? There's not many there. Yeah, and sort of at our age, they, they obviously they, they were quite good Warrington, but they, they did spend a lot of money on bringing lads over from, from Yorkshire. Um, and obviously, like Ben Curry's like a like a Wigan golden lad. And they signed him, and he's he's gone on to have a really good career. But there's not many I can think of that actually like grew up in Warrington, done the academy, and went all the way through. Even sort of like Danny Walker and stuff, they've come to witness and like via witness to Warrington, haven't they? Really? Yeah, yeah, no, they have. So, what happens? Let's say, mate, is it is it like uh, an opportunity in pre-season to have a look at you? Do you play uh, reserves, eighteens? How is it? So it was a bit of a strange one, really. Obviously, we was playing academy a couple of years back when I was at academy. It was under nineteens reserves and dual reg. Yeah. So you'd you'd have months where like one week I'd play for the academy, one week I'd play for the reserves and then the next week I'd go and play for Rochdale. Mm. And it was sort of like dependent on 
how important the game was, really. So, like, say if the reserves were in a semi-final, you'd play for them. If theirs was a bit of a nothing game, but the academy needed to get for the final, you'd play for them. Or if, ideally, like, you wanted to be playing dual reg every week, really, because you're playing against men then, and obviously that's, yeah, you have to think fast. And when, when, I, when I got a little bit older and I could still play academy, but there was lads a little bit younger than me, not to say it was easy, but you wanted to sort of push yourself against blokes who wanted to take your head off instead of kids who you could pick on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No. So what's what's the chat like when? So would you have been an 18s lad where someone's dropped down, and because you're one of the better lads, did you ever miss a game because of that? And no, how would you have found it? I I was lucky that sense really. I I was probably one of the ones that dropped down and ended up taking someone else's position or okay. went up and and played um, so I didn't really have to deal with that side of it to be honest yeah and how does the Geo Reds chat come about mate did he did he offer it you or you are doing it um, when I was when I was at Saints I used to sign with a, um, a Geo Reds team for the season and Saints signed with Rob, Rochdale at the time and there was, yeah. there was a guy called Ian Tolbert who's up at Saints now um, and he was involved with Saints and he went on to be head coach at Rochdale for a couple of seasons so it was just like oh Dom this week um we, we want you to play nine for Rochdale, like, and to be honest, you, you dove at the chance, like, you got, like, you got a bit of extra win pay if you won, you, yeah. you're playing against men, and it, it, it was tough, mate, it was in the championship, or the, and then you'd, you'd get, like, a couple of, like, cup games and stuff, so it was good. Yeah, and just before we carry on with your career, when did what you do now start influencing your game? Was you always keen on it, or? No, so, Probably when I was when I was nineteen, maybe eighteen, nineteen, and I wasn't got really going to college. I, I just probably thought I need to do something as a little bit of a a fallback. Um, mm. Obviously, rugby is a great career if you make it playing for Saints, Wigan, Leeds, Warrington every week. But it's not so much a great career if you play for Dewsbury every week, or if you if you're part time, you're, you're not going to be able to support like a full lifestyle on the one wage, you know what I mean? So I just yeah. thought, but, well, if I do something now that I enjoy, I've always got that fault to fall back on then. Right. And um, why the gym work and the PT in? I just enjoyed it. Um, right. We had a conditioner um, called Matt Daniels at Saints who was really good with us. Um, I just sort of enjoyed the, being in the gym and like, I, I, I when I left Saints, um, obviously went up to Barrow and then at the end of that season was probably the first time I got a proper job. And then that was what I worked on at the production line in JAG for a couple of months before I went over to Australia. And that was what proper solidified the fact that I really liked working in the gym. Like yeah. you go going in your shorts every day, you have a good laugh and it's just, you don't have to ask to go for a piss and that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's mad you've said that, and it? You don't have to ask to go for a yeah. piss. Yeah, and like playing rugby, it's, it's bizarre because I never played the levels you lads played, but like a proper job, like whacking yeah. each other isn't a proper job. Yeah, and it, it's, to be honest, it's bizarre. We had we had some tough days at Saints. Don't get me wrong, where we would go yeah. in, we wrestle, and then we'd have field, then we'd have gym, then we'd have field, and it was tough. But at the end of the day, you was getting paid to stay fit and do something you enjoy. So it wasn't that bad, and mm. you. You're what seventeen, getting paid a decent wage. You can buy a car and go and you play. Living the dream. 
you go yeah. on the play, PlayStation when you go home and you haven't like you've got you haven't really got to think. You just know you're getting paid, you rock up at training, it's it's the life really, like a professional yeah. sport, you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's chat a little bit about Geo Red. So did you only do it at Rochdale, mate? So yeah, when I when I was at Saints, yeah. it was just linked with Rochdale, so that's why I went there for maybe five something games, six games, something like that. Might have been yeah. more than that. Was it a bit of an eye opener as well, was it? And how did the lads react to you? Because a lot of lads have sports who were Geo Redstone. They just do captain's run game there. So yeah, how that was, was it for you? That was what we done really. Um you'd, you'd train at Saints all week. Um and then you'd you'd train with Rochdale on the Friday and play on the Sunday. Um obviously if you if they knew a little bit earlier in the week, you might train on the Thursday and the Friday, but it wasn't always a dead set. There was quite a couple of times like throughout my time at Saints where it was like if Wellens can't play this week, you're in. So you'd be 18th man. And it'd be like, so I need you to do captain's run in the morning, captain's run on Friday night, and then we'll see at the game on Saturday. And then he'd, he'd pull through and you'd have to play for Rochdale and stuff. But you you can't really sit Paul Wellens out, can you, for some, some really. young lad from Witness? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, did, did anyone... I know you say it was only a few... We'll say a handful of games because you're not 100% sure, but was anyone ever funny about the fact you could just drop in, drop out? No. no. I, think, I think at the time, everyone everyone sort of knew the score, so there might have been five lads from Saints who went over every week. And to be fair, at the time, it was the same sort of five lads who went, so it kind of wasn't... It was the, it, it suited both teams, really. Like, they needed a nine. Um Carl Forster used to come over a couple of times. Lee Gaskell come and played with us and stuff. And it was yeah. it was players they needed as much as it wasn't kind of just us going in and muscling our way in. They yeah. sort of they might have had a couple of injuries or whatnot. So it was sort of like scratched each other's back, really. Yeah. Sorry, that's not how I was trying to put it across. It's just no, you don't yeah, yeah you don't know how that, right, I, other lads to take it. That, that does happen to be honest. Yeah. Um, I've seen the the flip side of that being in the championship side and we dual red to say Hulk AR and lads spit the dummy out and stuff. So I'm just right. talking like, but I've seen it both sides then. Yeah. And when you're part time, semi pro, whatever people want to label it, Dom, how many times a week would you would you train? So when I, when I first started up at Dewsbury, we trained Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'd play on play on a Sunday. Um, right. And then. As I, as I got a little bit older in my career, I managed to negotiate training, <laughs> training twice a week. So I used I used to do Wednesday, Friday, and play on a Sunday. But right. we a Monday Tuesday session was a bit of video and stuff. And yes, I, I said, listen, like it's taking me this much time. And obviously, as I got a bit older, me me main passion and stuff is obviously the gym. So I said I can't afford to be leaving the gym of an evening when it's busy and. I want to be there to come and do, go in the pool in Dewsbury, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of got a bit of a, a bit of a deal going with the, with the coach and the chairman that that was, that was all right. A few, a few lads weren't too happy, but they they should have negotiated it first. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, mate. It's not your fault you got brain cells, is it? So all I was getting at there really is, if, I suppose if a dual reg lad is only missing one session, say you're going to do a Thursday and the Friday, can't really frown upon it, can they? Like no. without being real, because some of them lads might miss a, might miss one or two, might they? Yeah. 
you do see you do see it in anything below the Super League, mate. Lads have work commitments, and if if one day they get stuck on a job or they have to work away and stuff, it is just part and part and parcel of the job. I've worked with Rob Warrington. He he was he was like unavailable some weekends because he had to work and he couldn't book them off, and it was it wasn't his fault. That was just his main source of income, and rugby was just sort of. It was it was a paid hobby, but it was wasn't a means to an end. He couldn't support his family on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, is the Rochdale thing a bit of a some some lads might have seen it as a, a kick in the face or a make or break? It's actually opened your eyes to men's rugby and thought I can yeah. I can go out with this on it. That's the the, it's the first time you properly start getting whacked and stuff. Really, when yeah, when you, I think I must have played me. I played my first Super League game at 75 kilos and you think there's, there's fellas a bit heavier in the champ than 75 kilos because you, you don't have to be quite as quick. So there might have been lads 125 kilos that are, that, that, that I think I'm going to run over him. So it does, it makes you a bit better, a bit quicker. Yeah. So when the stint at Barra comes along, is that a permanent departure from Saints then, mate? Yeah. When, when I when I went through the first team at Saints, um, it was it was sort of decided between me, um, Nathan Brown, Mike Rush, um, Neil Kilshaw, Derek Trainer, that we'd sort of transition into a nine. Um, at the time, Kieran Cunningham was it was the assistant coach, so I spent an awful lot of time with um, Kieran Cunningham and James Roby, sort of like after training, um, before. A million spin passes off your left hand, million spin passes off your right. Um, but obviously, it's what you've got to do, isn't it? Like they're, they're, it is, they're, mate. they're all the things that sort of go unnoticed, but they, that's what you have to do. And I, I, in my head, probably naively, I thought, when I looked at the squad, I thought there's only really James Roby here in front of me. Like, have a good couple of years, he'll retire, and like, <laughs> this, this, this could be my spot, obviously. Uh. He's a bit like Benjamin Button. He's he's still going, and I'm done already. So <laughs> only only through choice, I imagine, mate. But what what two two of the best you can learn from as well, mate? Yeah, really good. So, but obviously so, with with that, they sort of like they they expect the best then as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Do you feel that as well? Yeah, but in not in a good way, really. Yeah. Uh, it, it it was prob- probably like. The first time when I went when we started training properly, um, like at Hooker, I'd ever felt like maybe a little bit of pressure. Um, you'd, you'd, it was a season where Wilkin and Lomax played in the halves all year, and like normally, like in the academy, the halfback might stand ten meters away, and you think, yeah, I'll pass it to him easy. And but Wilkin had stand twenty meters away because it had yeah. cut out, it had cut out A, B, and C defender. And if you didn't put it in front of him on his outside badge, so he could run onto it. He'd shout at you, and he'd only shout at you because it was worse for the winger then. Because if it went, if it went behind him, it took a second off him, and it, his next one was a second. And but it, I suppose that's why it makes you try a little bit harder, and you think, "Fuck, I'll have to make sure this pass is all right." <laughs> yeah. So just for viewers and listeners, mate, when we talk ABC, we talk defender one, two, three from the rook, don't we? Yeah. That's yeah. what you're trying to to make work harder, aren't you, mate? The, the wider. So, he- the wider he stood, the, the harder they had to work, which it was like an extra man on the edge. So he wanted yeah. everything perfect, which gave him more time and obviously ultimately put the winger in. It's a case of scoring or not scoring, really. Yeah. And when when you talk about them seconds, a uh, couple like Saints, it matters. Oh, ridiculous. So much. And 
when when I when I played me me debut, I didn't realise how just how quick the difference was between even academy to reserves, reserves to playing at like Rochdale and then playing at Saints. It's just it's it's very very different. Like you get you get more time on the ball um, playing in the Championship. Everyone's everyone might have been to work that week for forty hours laying bricks or climbing up roofs and stuff. Whereas like, obviously the lads at Saints train hard, but they, they get time to play golf and get massages a couple of times a week and stuff. Yeah, so. Recover, mate, that's it. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. So where was your debut? Who was your debut? It, it, it was on my 19th birthday. We played against Rochdale at home and it was a, it was a Friday night kickoff. And um, do you know when it snows and you can tell through the curtains it snowed? Yeah. And I looked at this. I looked at the curtain. I thought, "Oh God, to make get me debut here," and it snowed. So I looked at the curtain. I thought, "It's off. It's got to be off." But it was on. It, 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 it should never have been on. It was the pitch was white. You, you couldn't see the lines, but it was good. I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, no, good man. So, how many games would you said you played in first team? Are you in and around? And, and what were the seniors like with your mate? Did anyone particularly put their arm around you and help you out? Or? So I played played one Super League game, played many friendlies, and I was 18th man an awful amount of times. Yeah. It was it was it was like if Wellens doesn't pull through today, you'll play, and it, like, you'd play, and if Roby doesn't, you'd play. But obviously, Roby at 80 percent fit, you're picking, aren't you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're, you, 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 he's playing and obviously it was at the time a lot of pain-killing jabs were knocking about so you'd, you'd play, rest up through the week and play so it it was good to be around um, all all the lads were pretty good to be honest um, not all of them were pretty down to earth none of them were arrogant they were all helpful if you asked for help and stuff they all liked the beer they were happy to invite you out for a beer even though you're a young kid it was good and was you someone that was ever Afraid of asking for help or done, would you would you have openly said, Can you do a bit of extra here or Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't really extras you, you had to do them, mate. So it was it it was an unoptional extra. So right. you just got stuck in and yeah. it, it was good. Like Cunningham took a like he took a lot of time out with me and he he could be like, Right, come on, we'll do this after training and stuff. So that that obviously helped as well. Yeah. And being in that sort of environment, has that set the tone for your career on and off the pitch? Because yeah. I know lads that go your gym, which we'll talk about later, and they say it's buzzing, they're always happy. I know social media can, can paint a false image, but I don't think you can blag the happiness as often and as regular as your clients or fellow yeah. coaches are outbringed, can it? So... No, so to be honest, like when when you stop when I stopped playing, the only thing you miss, obviously, being in and around the lads and the gym environment is very similar. Because um, you, especially with like we do like group classes and stuff at the gym, you're in and around your mates, and it's hard work, but you have a laugh. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, sort of replicates a little bit of being a, being around the lads, but without <laughs> without getting injured and knocking each knocking it into each other. So the, ni- bit, the nice bit. Yeah, the nice bit. <laughs> right. So what? the chat like when it comes to walking away and and standing on your own two feet now and establishing yourself right so yeah I, I, I could have stayed really um but I, I was I was knocking on nine, uh, nine 
I was 19, knocking on 20, and I just wanted to be playing every week, really. So I'd have either took a, like, I'd have had to take a, a low ball offer from them, or I thought, do you know, like, I, I got a couple of offers, and I thought, do you know what, this Barrow one's, like, quite appealing. Um, they were in the championship. Um, sorry, mate, that went blank. Then. Sorry. They, were, they were in the championship, and they, they, I spoke to Muzza, um, he's coach about Workington now, and... He was like, listen, I need a standoff. And I thought, I've played standoff for a few years, but it's not bad to get jersey number six in your first year in the champ, so we'll have a go. Yeah. Um, and it was good, mate. So that was the first time I'd obviously travelled, really. Saints is only, obviously only around the corner. The first time I'd travelled, mm-hmm. we, we used to fly up the M6. There was five of us at the time. There was like Kurt Aggerty, Ian Moore, and then a couple of other lads. Um, yeah. So... We used to fly up and down the, the M6. They all had decent cars. I had a, a Corsa that 1.2 in it used to rattle with all five of them. Class. It, it got us. That's it. Who wrecked you, Don? Who was my agent? Yeah. I, my first one was Ian Sibbett. Right. Um, so, so he's he, an ex-player, so he knows the crap on me. And yeah. Out and that. yeah. So he got me up there. Um, and then... Sort of, I we we it, I don't know if you remember, but it was there was fourteen teams in the championship, and five got rele- five got relegated, so the top right. nine top nine stayed up. So, sort of, we had a good we had it we had it we had an all right year. The first the first game of the season we we played against Lee at home, and they beat us fifty nil. And Ryan Braley scored five, and Liam Kay scored five. And I was stood under the sticks thinking, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Because it was, it, was, it was probably, to be honest with you, the first time I ever started getting beat in my career as well. Um, obviously, being at Saints Academy and when we had a really good side at Witness, we didn't really lose. So to then be stood under the sticks thinking, Why, what have I done here? Like, That's a good I, point, that though, you know, Dominic. At first, yeah. yeah. I hated it. Oh, I still hate it. I still hate losing now, but... It was yeah. just like the manner in which we lost, like not even we didn't even get a chance, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but oh. it was it was a young side, like years before Barrow had spent too much money on maybe has-beens and they went for a sort of a different approach of like a lot of youth and they took a lot of like inexperienced lads from like Cumbria and it didn't pay off. We got relegated. But that, yeah. was, that was the end of that one, but no, well, listen, if they don't try, they don't know. They're here and it exposed you as well, thankfully. To be honest, it, it, it's a really, it's a like really well-run club up there. Um, yeah. Still, still like talk to the fans like last season when they come up to, they come up and a couple of the lads are still the same and stuff. Yeah. It probably, it ended a little bit earlier than I would have liked. Um, Bobby Golden used to coach me when I was when I was young, growing up, because I used to play a year up with young Bobby and Adam Lawton and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Me and him used to get on like a house on fire when he was my coach. But when he was my half-back partner and my coach, we didn't get on so much. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's, it's, it's all sorted now, that like, but yeah. we, we, we kissed and made up, but um, it, was, it didn't work. Right. And when, when that sort of situation, have you been in that situation again where you've had a player coach? Um, only for a couple of games, mate. Um, our coach got sacked at Dewsbury last year, um, and Sykes he took over for a couple of games. Okay. And and how is that? Is 
it must be a different atmosphere. So when when it, when it was with Bobby, um, this uh, Muz got sacked and Bobby come in and he he played a couple of games and it it was it was hard because at the time I was a young lad and he 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 was he's a dominant bloke Bobby. Um, if he wanted the ball, the hooker given the ball, and then I want I was like I, I want the ball. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, and then. We sort of that that was tough, but that was probably just because I was a younger player when when Sykes he took over as player coach, um, because there was more of a senior bloke. He, he'd say right, what should, what do you reckon about this this week? And it was sort of like I had more of a say in it then, so I, I enjoyed that a little bit more. Yeah, and like you said, that's come with experience, don't man. It like how, how you see the game and how it's unfolding and yeah, looking up before looking down, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. So, and- me and Sykes, obviously, when I when I first signed at Dewsbury, Sykes he had signed at Dewsbury as well, so we've been there for like quite a few years together and got on and stuff. So that helped. Yeah. I've no doubt. So if it's if it's difficult to say, you don't want to, that's fine. But that premature ending at Barra, mate, what door come opened on the back of that, and what was that ending? Was it a mutual thing or? Um, yeah, we just sort of had our disagreements, and they they were mathematically relegated. And I just I just was thinking, I'm not coming up and down the M6 when we're not getting on. And it was just it was one of the and Anthony Murray who got sacked from Barrow had gone to take over at Wales, and they they needed a couple of wins to stay up when when five got relegated, and we we did get a couple of wins, but the other teams above us got a couple of wins as well. So I don't know if it's Sort of record that getting relegated twice in one year, but I've, I've done it. <laughs> and keep it as well, isn't it? So, and do you know what, mate? It's it's that's a silly question, really, because you, you've done well in your career. But is memorabilia something you keep? Or um, I've I've got a playing shirt from every club I've been at. Yeah, so yeah. That I've not I've I've got I've not got any of them. I've got one frame from when we won the um, we won that under 11s national cup final at high school. We played yeah. at. Twi- we played at Twickenham before a Challenge Cup final. I got that one done. I'm, I've got the others in a box in the loft. I've not. I'm not really that sentimental. I haven't done anything yeah. with. Them. Still got them, but I've not done anything with them. So Orange what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I did mention putting them in the bar, but I got barked at, so they're still in the loft. <laughs> yeah. Well, the lads would only wreck them anyway. I've seen the state yeah. of them in your bar, mate. The the uh, the enjoy it to say the least. Or... Yeah. Just about. So what door opened on the back of that, mate? After your shots didn't at the Crusaders, then. So, it was it was it was September. We finished, and I didn't use an agent to go from Barrow to North Wales. Um, just with Muzz sorting both of them out. Yeah. So I spoke with Dave Pete, and he, he he got a couple of offers for me, and I was only twenty at the time, and he said, "I've got an off- I've got a few good offers from you in Australia," and a couple of them were in the middle of Australia and I'd literally go on Google and think it's too far from the beach that one so (laughs) David I thought that as well though his corpse does Dave so in the end I was like do you know what I got an opportunity to go and play in the Queensland Cup which anyone who doesn't know is the championship basically over over here so when I played for um, the Tweed Ed Seagulls and luckily when I looked on Google Maps they were based not far from from Gold Coast so you're right on the beach you, you're half an hour from the Gold Coast you're only an hour from Brisbane it wasn't bad at all So sounds a nightmare yeah it was terrible <laughs> me, me, me and Lauren packed up at 20 and went over there for a year so that was good 
Right. We, did, we didn't have any commitments, really. Um, yeah. so at 20, if we was going to do it, it was the best time to go and do it rather than, say, house or kids, and you think we should have done it, so we had to go, and yeah. why not? Uh, so one has been on the ride with you from a young age then, mate, yeah? Yeah, mate, yeah. We got together when we was 18, so almost 11 years now. She's had to put up with rugby and whatnot, so... Yeah, no wonder they didn't know her. So, fair play to her, mate, because not only for you, but for her, it's a big commitment. So what's involved logistically in, in doing all this? Did a club put the flights on for you? Do you have yeah, to do it? The club, the club put the flights on and I didn't... When we finished playing rugby in September, we didn't go over till the January, so we could just sort of spend Christmas at home. I just done a lot of running up by myself and done like a pre-season by myself. And when I went over, I just joined up with the lads in January. But yeah. it was it was good. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it, and I'm I'm glad we did it. Like it, you, I didn't really have a bad word to say about it. To be honest, it was it was a shock to the system. Like it was, it's a lot harder the Q Cup than the Championship was. Um, yeah. it was like you, you, we played Papua New Guinea Hunters one weekend, and you got off the plane, and it was ninety five percent humidity, and you were sweating. You think I can't play rugby in this. But but what an experience for a young lad, mate. Yeah, good. And yeah. It, that's one of them, we literally we, we rugby rugby took me literally it took me to France, it took me to Toronto, it took me to Australia. So it's something that like. I'll always be fond of, and me and me and Lauren sort of the three weeks we had in Australia, we went to Sydney and we went up to one of my mates, Alex Clare, played up in Kern, so we went we went up there to see him and stuff. So we sort of used that for a bit of traveling as well. Well, why not, mate? And it like use that for what it's using you for, basically, isn't it? Enjoy yourselves. So when you're over there, just what was what was the initial plan? Was it season by season, or was you always going to come on? And a year contract. Um, I could have stayed for two, but it was obviously we we went over at twenty. Me and Lauren had our twenty firsts over there, and we we sort of just we, we didn't we didn't do the farm work you had to do. So you, you, right. you do something like three months farm work or hundred hours, whatever comes first. And yeah. we didn't we didn't do it. We um, we used to go to the beach and beach and a barbecue and a few beers instead. So. Should have just took a little picker in a bag and acted like you were doing something. <laughs> right. So, on on the back end of that, is it is everything on nice terms? Oh um, yeah, really good terms, mate. Yeah. So yeah. we've still still got mates from the club. We go meet up with now. We met one in Bali a couple of years ago and stuff. Like everyone at the club was great. We no nothing. It was all amicable. We just sort of it was time to come home. Really. Yeah. Right, and who facilitates the move to Dewsbury? Who else was interested? And so I had a couple of teams interested. Um, but Dave Pete put me in touch with Glenn Morrison, who was the coach at Dewsbury at the time. Um, and I knew I knew a couple of lads up there already, like Shane Grady and Scott Hale and a few of the others. And I thought I spoke, rang Shane, spoke to Shane, and he said it was all right. So I thought, do you know what, I'll give it a whirl. Um, and then that pretty much found me home. Then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you did. You really established yourself there, mate, didn't you? And yeah. you settled. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good club, and it was sort of like it was the first time I'd actually really got properly settled. Because obviously, we mentioned before, like one week I play reserves, one week I play first team, then you go to Rochdale, and it, I didn't mind it. But it was the first time I sort of you get you you run the same systems with the same players week in week out. So it was it was nice, really. Yeah, and is it is. Is that the situation where you're in where 
comfort brings the best out of you now. You know well, where the, you're going to be, you know. You tend to keep the same spine down, don't you? So not yeah. necessarily 1, 9, 13, 6 and 7, but you keep a core group of players. Yeah, definitely. So it was kind of, it was a good consistency. And that was, that was when I've probably played my best rugby over the years, really. Like, just enjoying it. Like, not just chilled out. Just get some consistency. And and obviously, competition's good in rugby, but you were sort of like, you knew you was playing every week and you wasn't thinking, I might get in this week, I might not. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm in and we'll just crack on. Yeah. And what licence was you given? Was you, was you given a free roll sort of thing? Um, it, it depends what coach you had. Um, right. Look at that get in there then. <laughs> yeah. So a co- couple of the coaches were fine. They sort of just let, yeah. do, let, let us do what we wanted to do. We we went over to Toronto once with like 16 lads because a few of them had criminal records and a few of them couldn't get the time off work. So we went over with 16 and we had Neil Kelly and he just said, do you know what, lads, do what you want. So we, we, we had a few beers on the plane there. We went, we, we went, we ended up in a nightclub the night before a game and, we give Toronto a good game, but we was chipping over the top on the third tackle, and it was it was a laugh. <laughs> yeah, the stag do basically without a wedding. Yeah, do you know what, mate? Without being rude, it was probably the closest thing you could get to playing with them lads that you've spoke about from your old on it seemed without it being them. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, good. And it was just a laugh. Like you, you couldn't believe you was getting paid to do it. Really, when you yeah. have a dig today, lads, and you thought, do you know what? Go on, then we will do. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I, I imagine that's probably one of your most enjoyable games as well. Like, yeah, who is, doesn't yeah. want to play with a free license, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, before we we kick on with everything else, has the amateur scene never interested you? Um, in between, in between coming from Dewsbury to play, you know, just before I went to Australia, I had a couple of games up the birch with the lads, and yeah. I think I played twice and I, I did I did enjoy it to be honest. Um, but then I'd stopped playing because I thought if I get injured and have signed to go to Oz now, I won't think, I won't forgive myself. So I didn't play. Yeah. Played one game up at the Ornits a couple of years back and I dislocated my shoulder. And it was it was it was a night we played in Cumbria. Lauren was on holiday and I come home and I said I had to say to Lauren's mum, you'll have to take my jumper off for me. So I can't do it. <laughs> um, I thought the first game I've done here and I got injured. But no, you, you know, got it for it as well, didn't you? The, the the main reason I, I went back playing rugby after COVID was because I was going up watching the lads on a Saturday thinking, can I either play for these or like yeah. have another dig at it? So I thought, I'll go, and, I'll go and have a dig at it and see what comes. Right. No, wait, I can't blame you if you're fit and, and like yeah. you said, you've seen your mates do it. If you can get paid, go and get paid, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Without being rude, mate. So what, what are your fondest memories of your time at Dewsbury? Other than the Toronto game and enjoying yourselves, we we had we had some good wins, really, mate. So we 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 beat Toulouse a couple of times, and it was to be honest, mate. Like you, it was your away trips, your Toulouse's, your your Toronto's. You go into London and you stay over for the night with the lads after it, and a lot of it for me, like it was. I, I, I am competitive and I like playing the rugby, but it's a lot of the stuff that comes alongside it as well. So, yeah. you know, like, you're like, right, come on, we'll go to Leeds and we'll do the Otley run. And I don't even mind hill sessions and stuff, mate. So it's all the, the bits that come alongside you actually playing. Because I don't know what our win percentage was like over the years at Jewsby. We, we we had some really good wins and we had some really bad losses, you know what I mean? But yeah. overall, the things you remember is like, 
you, you're good times, isn't it? So you sort of roll with it. it. And it's like I've said in the past to people, mate, if you're in them soft, sticky situations, you're behind your sticks, you can see yeah. it in a few. It's them up with runs, it's them surround all trips, it's yeah, they pull you through, innit? And then we, we beat Witness a couple of times, that was nice. That was yeah. a nice So when did, was you building Transfit before COVID and was it starting yeah. to come around nice, was it? Yeah, so we've I've had Transfit six years now. So we started Transfit while I was at, probably, while I was at Dewsbury. Um, yeah. Transfit, done really well, obviously COVID closed it. Um, and then over COVID, I just sort of, I thought, I like this sort of free time. So I'd been, I'd gone from working in the gym six days a week, Monday to Saturday, going to work morning and night, going to training on the other nights and playing on a Sunday. And I'd been just doing seven days a year, all year round. Obviously, like a free week at rugby. And COVID, I got a chance to sort of sit back and be like, what am I doing? Like, why am I working every single day? So he, at, at first, it comes to like, I'd signed again for the year after COVID and I rang the coach and said, listen, I'm, I'm not coming back. Yeah. So it sort of didn't, didn't end up going back in the end after COVID. And then that was when I started watching the lads and think, do you know what, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll have a go. Oh, yeah. So you've just basically reevaluated life, mate, haven't you? You've, yeah. you've been on this cycle, like you said, seven days a week for 52 weeks a year. And it's time that you want and enjoyed yourselves because yeah. she's along for the ride as well, isn't she, Weather? Yeah, and we missed, obviously, everyone who plays rugby does, and that's a sacrifice. We was... 26 maybe and it was like we'd missed weddings and summer holidays because obviously the rugby league season runs straight through the summer so yeah. we tend to go away October November and it's not the, obviously it's a good time of year to go away you're grateful for that but sometimes in the summer when the lads were going away you'd think mm, I wouldn't mind you going there or there's a christening on a Sunday that you you have to rush back from and you get there when everyone's already had 10 pints and yeah just thought, do you know what, like, as much as I'm grateful for rugby, it's allowed me to do things like I, I could have only dreamed of as a kid. Like, my main focus going forward was, like, business and family, really. Um, because going, working all the time and going to rugby and stuff, you don't tend to see anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and or if you do it, it's a real effort both sides, isn't it? Mate? Yeah. Yeah. My work's on social hours, so I work sort of, like, our five till 11 in the morning then maybe like four till nine of an evening so when everyone else is at work you're at home and vice versa so it's tough yeah and where did the concept the transfit come for you who come up with it yeah. where did the name come from and we don't we don't actually know and um, when i started the gym first um and lauren trained she she she'd got herself in really good shape and it was sort of something we we spoke about because of the unsociable hours that she should try and do her qualifications and stuff and she was working in recruitment at the time and she said I'll give it 12 months and do both and within a month she just sort of took off and she started picking up like a lot of ladies and women and she was full so it suits her down to a tee because then we work the same hours now and if we want to do anything in the day or take we take the weekends off and stuff so it suits us like far better than it would if she was still working in nine to five yeah so the new premises, mate. Do you want to do you want to hit us with it and 
Yeah, so, so people your handles and that in case they want to get involved and stuff yeah, if they so don't already. The ma- the main reason why obviously um, I haven't got time to be playing rugby at the moment is is down to we're expanding in the gym. So we our unit at the moment's two thousand square foot, and we've just took on a unit that's eighteen thousand square foot. So a bit of a bit of a jump, and I just didn't I didn't think it would be the right time in my life to be spending three nights a week at training and playing on a Sunday when I could be putting my effort into something that's probably going to last me for the next 40 years, hopefully, instead of the next four years. So it was an educated decision, really. Yeah. And again, what tell people where they can find you and, um, and, and so what you are about. We're, 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 we will be the, the largest independent gym in Witness. Um, you can find us Instagram. It's at Transfit Witness and Facebook's the same, just Transfit Witness. Um we run classes, we do cardio, weights, we do spin, we do yoga, we're gonna we're gonna do everything. We've just hired we've already got we've already got eight PTs and we've just hired four more. So we we're pretty much gonna have everything locked down, mate, so it's the best gym in the town. It certainly looks like you're on course too, mate. And we mentioned it off camera before, it's nothing on war, but going into them premises, people seeing what you and Lauren are doing. Because you're everywhere, is and it it only attracts the best coaches, nutritionists. You're gonna get people wanting to be involved, mate, because you're a growing artist, and that's what people are gonna see, aren't they? So obviously, from from like a little, little idea we had, like at the end, the, probably the middle of last season in the summer, um, as it's obviously gone quite quick, and we was thinking, will it work? Will it work? Won't it? And we thought, Do you know what, it will. And then even we've been a bit took back by how many signups we've had and. The, the interest we've had to work here, so it speaks volumes, really. Yeah. Right, so if you don't mind, mate, we'll go back to the career then. Yeah, so you do you do come back home. Yeah. You have so, a spell. How does that come about? And and what was the chat around that? So I used to, when when I was at Saints, Kieran Pertil was was there as well. Um, and I spoke with Pertz and he, he was interested in getting me down at Witness and it was a bit of a mixed bag, really. So, again, when I got there, he was in financial difficulty, so it, it was it was a bit of a pain, really. I could train, but I, I couldn't register and I couldn't play. But I, I, was allowed, I was allowed to play in a couple of pre-season friendlies, but I couldn't play in the league. So, yeah. so I found myself just training, couldn't play, just training, couldn't play. And it was full-time, so I was, I was going in work, finishing finishing in the gym early to go to training to know that I couldn't play and me I just wasn't fully invested because I knew I couldn't play and then when it got round to playing I'd missed maybe like eight games or and then they already had like an established side and I got I got in I got some games but it was it was taking the enjoyment out of work and stuff so I sort of I, I sat down with Perts and said listen mate like obviously transits what I want to do full-time um rugby I enjoy it but it's not there's, there's lads there that'll give you the left leg for rugby and that's not what I'm willing to do do you know what I mean so yeah. I, just, I was honest with him he, he understood where I was coming from um, and we sort of just parted ways so and then I wasn't playing and Glenn Morrison gave me a call um, and he he just started being head of director at Cleveland you know in the North American League that was about to yeah. kick off. And he said, listen, mate, I've got a bit of an opportunity if you fancy it. He said, we've got a six to eight week competition. He said, it's six weeks if we don't get to the semi-final and the final. And it's eight weeks if we win it. 
do you fancy coming over? It was your, we'll do, we'll do your flights, we'll do your hotel, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get you a little job if you need to. So I thought, do you know what? I can sort of work for six weeks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but COVID kicked, COVID cancelled that one, and it was a bit of a non-starter. But the, uh, condi- the conditioner had a Mitchell up at Dewsbury. I'd heard wind that I was, I was, I was up for going back up to somewhere. So he, he told, he told the coach at Dewsbury, and I went back up there. Right. So to to go back home, mate. Did did rugby union never cross you? Because Pete's involved in both codes, isn't he? And yeah, like, no. Marty used to share a car with you. He he was under PT one he and uh, no, it ne- it never made. I, I just enjoyed. No. Didn't really. I didn't. I still don't fully understand union, mate. Yeah. Like I would know. It, I've got a rough idea, but it just wasn't something that that really interested me to to have a go at. Do you know what I mean? Maybe in another yeah. life I'd on that route, but I think I just play golf now in another life, mate, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, see the world on wedge. Yeah, yeah. So was it like going back home, returning to Dewsbury, mate? Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, I knew the lads at Witness. Um, I'd played with you, with Jack and Gilly and whatnot and stuff, but when when I went back to Dewsbury, obviously, that's where I'd spent like a, the last portion of my life, do you know what I mean? So yeah. nothing really changed. It was still the same fans, still the same set up do you know what I mean so it was good it was straight back in really and that was where where I negotiated me two nights a week instead of me three <laughs> clever man so you, you you recently retired aren't you like retired yeah so I've, I've yeah. just I've, I've just finished this season uh, finished last season um, I've seen all the lads going back to pre-season this year and they've they've all laughed me and said I'll be back because I, I do like pre-season. I'm competitive, and if we we have a bleep test, I'll try and win it and whatnot. But I've I've been I have missed one pre-season before, so I missed one, and it, it was the COVID one when I said I'm not going back. So they they thought that was a bit of a a bit of a a, a manoeuvre to miss, <laughs> miss, miss, miss the winter and rock back up for the season. But no, it's not this time, mate. I've got. I have got a lot on my hands. I've, yeah. I've had I've had a couple of phone calls and a, a bit of bribing trying to go on, but it's, no, it's not, no, nothing's pulling me just yet. And is it a nice thing to be able to do it because you want to do it? Yeah, mate, it's good. Yeah. So obviously, I'd say I'd say the quality of the rugby at the moment at the top end is probably higher than it has been. At the bottom in the champ and whatnot, it's probably not as high as it has been. Like in years gone by, you couldn't really half arse it. If you if you wanted to play, you had to be very invested and play. Whereas like now, it you do get lads who pick it up and drop it. Or like sometimes the clubs need the lads more. And in the past, it's never been like that. But yeah. I, think, I think obviously that's across every level. Like amateurs struggles at the moment, doesn't it? And I think obviously once if it's happening at amateur, it's happening at semi pro and. It's be, literally because there's not enough money in the game and people are getting injured and they can't work on the Monday and stuff. So people are reevaluating. Is it worth breaking your leg playing on a Saturday? And do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not, not getting you're paying subs for the privilege. So I was going to say that to be fair, we, you just touched on it then about the money not being great. You probably have to have your own insurance as well. Yeah, so you have to have your own insurance. And don't get me wrong, like I've I've picked up a good good amount of money over the years off rugby but it's not something that you can retire on or no. and you've given back Dom it's not you've not just collected no no definitely yeah. it's it's always been nice like it's a it's it's a bit of money that you put away for your holidays or your car or pay off your mortgage and whatnot and it's good like that's what all the lads do but 
it's not something you can think I can play on my PlayStation and sit at golf and do you know what I mean just pick that up where yeah. ultimate, ultimately like to make a full career out of it you've got to be Percy's level do you know like a yeah. week starting week in week out and getting picked for England and whatnot. which fair play like <laughs> you've got to be good enough to do it yeah no that's fair enough mate so couple of daft questions for you because we, we've heard about your empire and when people get get on the socials and, and see what you're doing they'll understand it's very much going to be an empire it's going to be the place to be gym wise isn't it so any pre-match superstitions um i've never worn since i was a kid i've never wore studded boots i've always worn moldies i just haven't ever liked the feel of them yeah um, well, that's fair enough and that was it really um the only one that's probably crept in over the past couple of years, um, I don't know if you've seen Joe Philbin's business, Grips. Yeah. So I, I started wearing them, and then you cut your socks, wear them, and it, it, they do help. But once you start playing in them then, and if you forgot them, you was like, oh, no, I forgot my socks. <laughs> you got half a sock off. Yeah, you'd played, you'd played 400 games across your life with normal socks, and you'd played 20 with these Grip socks, and you was thinking, I'm not going to be able to do it, but obviously... <laughs> You, you manage. So, your toughest player you've played with and against. Remembering, I say to everybody, mate, definition of tough is very different. Yeah, well, I had, I had a good think about this, mate. And I, I come down to it and I, I probably thought Gary Wheeler's the toughest player I've ever played against, uh, played with, sorry. Yeah. From from just the, um, like, the amount of adversity he's managed to come back from, do you know what I mean? Like, not many blokes would be mentally tough enough to come back from what he has. Yeah, he's a good lad as well, Van yeah. He's a good lad. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a, he's a great player, mate, as well. But he's actually yeah. rotten up with injury. But I probably would say like he's the he's the toughest one I've played with because I've seen him do Achilles and hamstrings and shoulders, and he just he comes back, goes again, comes back, goes again. Yeah. And obviously, he's played at Saints, he's played at Warrington and stuff, and it shows you how good of a player he is. Yeah. So I have to say, him, mate, to be honest. Right. So your favourite away ground. And what type of ground do you prefer, the newer ones or the older ones? Sorry, mate, I'll just touch on uh, me. Yeah. toughest ones I've played against. Um, yeah, sorry. So, growing up, I'd probably say it was either Don Manfredi or John Bateman. They were just, they were tough in a league of their own. Like, that, you'd play against them and it was literally, you'd have your 13 lads and it was one of them and it, they still made it tough for you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, they carried their team and they were tough. In the years in the championship, I'd have to say Dane Manning. He, he's like tackling a bag of spanners and he, he tries 110% all the time. And I'd say, we played Wigan in the Challenge Cup once and you couldn't get close to Sean O'Loughlin. Yeah. Sometimes you used to watch him on the telly and obviously he's good, but you, you're underrated exactly how much he, did, he could do and he did until you played against him. He could throw 30 yard cut passes, he could kick and you think, and he'd whack you and you think there's no fun in there. <laughs> And what people might not realise, just going back to the likes of Dane and that, is sometimes, well, most of the time, a lot of you guys are certainly good enough for the elite level. Just the money doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I played, I played with Liam Harrison up at Barrow, mate, and he was, he was obviously an awesome player. And his brother Ben was playing at Warrington at the time, and he got numerous, numerous offers to go and sign at Warrington and Super League clubs. But ultimately, like he was a quantity surveyor, and he was earning a good wage at Barrow. Yeah, the, what, what what Warrington and the other clubs could offer him wasn't even matching, say, half of that. And you think, I'm not going to take this off my family's table for no. 
a, for that. Do you know what I mean? When he's definitely that's secured for him at the moment, so it's tough. And, and how much did he want you if if that's what yeah. it's gonna? You know what I mean? Without being rude, but in it, yeah. and it's it. Yeah. It, they say, right, we want you to sign a one-year deal. If you do well, we'll give you a better one. It's not a lot of security, is it? So No, mate, no. So, yeah, sorry, your favourite away ground and what type of ground do you prefer, the old-fashioned ones or the newer ones? Oh, definitely the newer ones, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I loved going to Toronto and Toulouse with the atmosphere and it was good. I didn't really enjoy going to your, your Workingtons and your White Havens where there was a little changing room and a shower that dribbled and... We we played we played a preseason friendly at White Bank in Oldham once, and we got we had to get changed in a porter cabin after the game, and it was it was pitch, <laughs> it, it was pitch black, raining, mud. Everyone everyone's kit was the same colour. You didn't know who was on whose team, and you're thinking, "I'm getting a shower in this porter cabin." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't mind the new ones like York and stuff that have just been done up, and you get a nice shower and stuff. No, good stuff, mate, innit? But so if you're out with the lads or you're in your your bar, mate, and they've had a few and somehow the mic's in your hand, oh, what are you giving be, us? It's got to be sweet Caroline, and it? Couple, yeah. You definitely need a couple of beers, beers down me first, but yeah, it's got to be sweet Caroline. <laughs> and do you shuffle or are you someone that just blasts it out? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass you the mic back and everything, so... I'll, <laughs> I'll, and they'll get the crowd to bomb, bomb, bomb. So I'm going, mate. Yeah. Right. So if you're willing to, dude, you're one to thirteen. Right. So I'd have to say Wellen, Wellen's at fullback. A lot of this, a lot of this comes from obviously playing at Saints, but a couple yeah. of a couple of people have made the way in. Um, Makinson on the wing. Yeah. Um, Wheeler and Percy in the centres. Right. So Gaz and Percy. Yeah, Francis Melly was on the wing. Yeah. George Williams and Johnny Lomax were in the half. George Williams. So what? when when you look at a player, what do you want from him? It depends. Like, I think I think for them, obviously, George and Johnny, they're, they're both halfbacks, they're both smart, but they're both tough as well. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're both willing to ride a tackle and take a carry and they, they defend well above the weight and stuff and so yeah probably just getting stuck in a bit really yeah because they both they will complement each other Johnny looks very don't get me wrong he's got he's got the mercurial thing in his pocket but he looks like he'll play a structure really well yeah. where George is very much off the cuff isn't he and, yeah, yeah and yeah. George, George was the year below me growing but he was he was good enough he used to get picked in our England side the year above and he, he was right. he's always been good he's always been tough though just like the way he plays, really. Yeah. So your pack, mate. Well, yeah. So pack one writes itself, really. Um, Warmsley and Luke Thompson front rows. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say myself, but I've had to put Roby at nine. I'd have put me, captain, kicker, coach. <laughs> I I'd, I run the water for this one. Yeah, not bad though, is it? No, and then. Dia Soliola to put in the back row. It when I made when I made my debut, he done most of my defending. So but he'd have to make his way in there. We yeah. we kept kicking off to Daryl Griffin and he was he was making a beeline. He was running in any any direction to try and find me. So right. a couple of couple of times Sia found his way in front of me and levered him. So I thought <laughs> you've made your way in, mate. You're my man, Sia. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the the other the other back row would probably go John Wilkin. 
Yeah. Um, just he helped me out quite a lot when I was younger, and obviously through the years he's obviously been a really good player. Um, and then loose forward probably John Bateman. You've been listening to Trot the Eggin. Thanks to our sponsors by Dell Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the Eggin and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.